Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and I am always just excited on Sunday mornings to be with you here on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster. We're on Sunday mornings from 7 to 8. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We just talk about the church and what God is up to. This is show number seven hundred and. 12. And uh, we do have a few rules. We don't talk sports or politics. We don't talk doctrine, but we always do speak well of one another. And uh, that seems to have worked out pretty well over about 16 years of doing the gospel on the talk, or gospel on the radio talk show. Today in the studio with me, Pastor Scott Stake. And he is the, uh, let me get this right, a pastor of groups and missions at Four Oaks Community Church. Pastor Scott, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's good to have you here. And uh, somehow or another, uh, through all of our getting to know each other over the last several years, I had not realized that I had not had you on the show because I've had uh, I've been others. holding that against you for a long time. <laughs> well, I am really sorry about that. <laughs> I just assumed because I'd had Pastor uh, Joshua and uh, uh, Pastor Lance, and so I just thought I had. And then you said, well, when are you going to have me on the show? I said, well, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had to work through all the scheduling and stuff, but you're here. That's I'm the here. important thing about it. Now, Four Oaks Community Church, I think most people in the community are familiar with the church, but kind of tell them where you are and kind of what you do there. Sure, yeah. Um, so I met my wife, Julia, at FSU. Okay. Go Knowles. I know we're not talking sports. But, That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we met we met on campus there, and uh, as a part of dating and getting to know one another, we said we need to find a good church home. And so we landed at Four Oaks, and uh, that was 16 and a half years ago. Wow. And then I came on staff about 11 and a half years ago, and uh, that was a, a real easy transition yeah. because of already having a relationship with now the back, church. Back in those days, mm-hmm. the Four Oaks was still pretty much a mobile church, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've met in a lot of different places. <laughs> yep. Because I, I've heard stories about that, 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 that you all were pretty good about Setting up, taking down, moving in, moving out, and that sort of thing. But now, uh, of course, the main campus has a permanent home out in Killarn. Yes, and, yes. In the old Food Lion <laughs> grocery yeah, store. It's uh, it's been great to have a permanent home in the neighborhood. You know, we we enjoyed the mobile opportunities that we had because it reminded us that the church is not a building. Uh-huh. You know, it's not something that you go to. It's right. the people of God wherever you might be. But at the same time, it's really nice to have a permanent a permanent home, uh, a place where you can say, "Hey, we're you know we love the neighborhood. We right. want to be involved here." And because we have a whole shopping center, now we have partners you know throughout the shopping center that we get to partner with and you know serve the neighborhood. And um, and and I just had um, Maple Street a biscuit this morning, which is a new. Is that one of the restaurants? Uh, just opened up about a week and a half that ago. Is it? Okay. Yeah, well, and it it was outstanding. So. Yeah, because I, I started noticing as I as I drive by that from time to time that there are uh, little businesses and stuff cropping up in the different uh, places. And of course, there used to be. I remember when that shopping center was was active. I've I've shopped at the Food Lion before. Used to go to the Dollar General that was right next to mm-hmm. it, and I really do miss that Dollar General. <laughs> so Four Oaks took my Dollar yes. General away because because yep. I, I I work a lot of times in that in that area. And to go in there and get a little something from the Dollar General was always very nice. And and, and I've and I've always wondered why they did not put another one. I and mean, they took that one away. Why did they put another one in that area? And I know you don't know the answer to that question. It really doesn't matter right now. No, it is. It is really. We're really glad for. I mean, we're fully. Uh, every single spot in our shopping center is full. Wow. And that's actually the first time since yeah. we since we bought yeah. it about six seven years ago. So you were there. I mean, you were involved in that whole process. Mm-hmm. Of the church purchasing that and going in there and building that building and yep. taking the roof high. <laughs> yes. To where you I mean you know it's a church now because a lot of times when you have a shopping center type of a church facility, it doesn't always look like a church. But the way you all did that, it makes it look like a church. And uh, right yeah, we there. really um, wanted to honor the opportunity to you know to not only be i mean it, it didn't look too weird but at the same time <laughs> it does look a little bit different than what I it used it to great, and yeah. and really there's a there's an or, upward orientation to mm-hmm. the building that hopefully reminds us to to look to the lord 
Um, we're really excited about the partners that we have in the shopping center too. So there's the Living Harvest, which is a thrift store that also supports their their ministry of helping men who have been incarcerated to bring okay. them out of the prison and to provide a stable job. And they uh, they teach them you know well, the we'll gospel. Have to, we'll have to get them on the radio show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, they do a great job. Dale's the one that that runs that ministry, and then Play Big is next door to them and. They provide therapy and care for for children with special needs, um, and the great ministry that they have, and so and there's some other some other fun. Well, when you fun say spots too. Dale, what is Dale's last name? Dale uh, White. Yep. He's been on the show with me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but he was on the south side uh-huh. over the right across with yep. Gandhi Printers. That's and, right. And I I went by there not too long ago, and I noticed that that was not there anymore. Yes, they so, st- they still have the home okay. that's that's there. But okay. the uh, they now have two different thrift stores. They have okay. one that's okay. not too far from here. And well, I was just wondering Kalarn. what had happened there. So now I know. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we put it all together here. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it, it's I've been doing this for a long time now, and, and that happens a lot. We find out that somebody mentions something. Oh yeah, we had it on the radio show, and, and it's it's cool because it gives me a chance to get to know people. And of course, you. Uh, we had kind of a unique uh, meeting. <laughs> Basically, now you, uh, we we have the Four Oaks Community Church in Killarn, at the right there by the roundabout across from the Circle K, and then you all decided to launch out, mm-hmm. and you started. We called the Midtown Church. Yep, and uh, that just happens to be where we are <laughs> right at the moment because we pre-record the show. And so the Midtown Church is it's at five twenty six East Eighth Avenue, and the way I became uh, involved with Four Oaks in this is because they approached us about using our building, which is when I say I of the Open Bible Church where I'm the pastor, and that's been let's see twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a f- it'll be. F- since Lance uh, came to to lead that congregation. Um, That'll be August will be four years. Okay. Yeah. But then we but were we actually we actually kind of uh we, we launched out and then relaunched out uh <laughs> about a year later. So so yeah, it's been about five years, I because guess. Because you were doing Sunday nights for mm-hmm. a couple of years and then yep. uh, and then uh uh Joshua Hughes uh approached me <laughs> about having it on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, I don't know about that because you know, I, I didn't know how my congregation would feel about it. And one Sunday morning, I put it out there to them, and they said, yeah, let's do it. And I, that really surprised me, their reaction to it, because I, I didn't think they'd want to do that. But the, Well, I would say that that was a huge answer to prayer um, for, for our congregation, but, but also I think it, it really exemplifies the opportunity for – for two churches to work together, and in particular for you as as the leader of that church to to humbly say, hey, you know, we want to we want to seek to to serve our community, and this is a great way to partner together, and for you well, to be, you be willing to, to do that. Um, yeah, you I have mean, to it was, thank kingdom. It was wonderful. You, know, you have to thank kingdom before everything else. You have to put what is the best for the kingdom, and uh, we were not fully utilizing this property and it's a pretty good sized building mm-hmm. <laughs> and so and of course uh since four oaks has been in here you all have had tremendous success i mean you, you have uh, good crowds on sundays and that sort of thing and and then helped us uh, to do a lot of improving improving on the property and so yeah, i think it's been a good thing and of course we're in, we're in a different location we've changed our name we're now freedom road uh technically we're still first church of the open bible but we're we're known as freedom road over there and so it's given us a new identity and you know, hopefully, a, a brighter future. <laughs> you know, it's all got to be in God's hands because there's none of us really uh, able to to fully know where where it's all going to lead. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, we said, God, you lead, we'll follow. But now, so the years that you have been with Four Oaks, you've kind of taken different positions in the yep. church. And so, but now, uh, for a long time, you were children's pastor. Yes, uh, I mean when I. I grew up a pastor's kid okay. in rural Louisiana, had one blinking yellow light. That was it. 
and uh, lived in a parsonage next door to the church. And my dad was, you know, was the was the lone pastor there. And then we we moved to a couple of different places. Um, dad serving senior pastor in each of those places. Um, and then over time, actually, uh, things things didn't go so well. And so, um, even though I had a, a desire to serve the Lord, I also was. Uh, I was a little cautious, uh-huh. you know, because of some of the experiences that my family had gone through. And yet God, in his kindness, um, he brought us to Four Oaks and uh, was really exploring what it might look like to serve the Lord in in some sort of vocational context and uh, got a phone call really out of the blue um, from our, our, our lead pastor, Paul, saying, hey, we my my wife you know she's been the part-time children's director for a long time and she can't do it anymore and she said i want you to I want you to talk to scott i think he would be a great fit and so that was yeah that was 12 years ago uh back in the summer and then i came on staff officially that the following january and served in that children's pastor role for for quite some time and and then transition now to primarily overseeing our our community groups and redemption groups and uh, our our gospel partners. Wow! So now I want to pursue the children's angle of it and, mm-hmm. and, and God's calling that. Before I do that, to, just a comment here: this, this is two weeks in a row I've had PK sitting in that chair, uh-huh. <laughs> and both of you have said the same thing. Basically, growing up at a parsonage is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I look back on my my childhood, and I'm really grateful for a lot of the experiences. Uh-huh. I, I mean, missionaries coming into town and being able to spend time with them, uh, people who just love on you well. But you know, I'm not a part of. I, I was as a kid. I certainly I wasn't a part of the. I guess you could call it the the politics or the behind the scenes right, sort of leadership right, decisions. Right. And I'm not sure what all what all went on, but <laughs> but. Um, but I did see that it, it caused some hurt, right. and so that caused me to, to be cautious, and uh-huh. I really say, okay, Lord, is this what you're calling me to? Um, and by God's grace, you know, we've been brought, we were brought to a, a great, a great church. I uh-huh. can't, can't ever see myself but it's just, leaving, it's just funny leaving to me our church. You, you and my son, mm-hmm. from last week, what you're saying almost sounds almost identical. <laughs> and he was the same way. It, it caused him to, to, to stray away for a while. But by the grace of God, God brought him back, and of course he has he has his own perspective of ministry now. But it isn't always the easiest thing, and and of course you and what you just said is that you didn't necessarily know all that was going on; you just knew something was going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the same way with my children. They because we tried to shield them as much as we could, but it's not always easy to sure. do that. And so, yeah, I think one of the things that my dad said that really stuck out to me is he said, "Scott, be sure of your calling." Uh huh. Because um, uh, when things get tough, which they they will sometimes. Sure. I mean, it's it, it's we live in a very imperfect world, uh, and when those things get tough, if you're not sure of your calling, then very likely you will you will not continue That's in true. the ministry. But if you are sure of your calling and you're sure this is exactly what God called you to, then it will help you to persevere and to continue to trust in Him that He's called you to you know whatever whatever it is, and so. I think those were those were some really Your good, good words, very words wise of counsel, man. Yeah, now, and now, there's there's definitely a you know part of it too with my call is there's not just an internal call of the Lord really placing it on my heart that that was there for a long time, but the other part that was really important for me was the external call, meaning like other men and women's affirming that uh-huh. and saying yes, we really see that you are are called by God to serve in this way and so that that was another part of just you know me experiencing uh the love of God by having other people say yeah I I, I really see that God's gifted you and and given you a passion in this way and so that's helped me right. along the way whenever things have maybe been tough sometimes I can remember no well this is this is something that that um you know men and women have really affirmed in you and so continue in that but that's important though that affirmation is very important. Absolutely. Uh, it's huge. Yeah. I know our, my pastor in Pensacola, after I started going to the Bible church over there, he said that a lot of times the the call of God is it's not always real clear, but he says it, it will be confirmed as you go by the fruits of the different things that happens. And having people that you respect 
affirm that is very important to help you have that confidence to be able mm-hmm. to to hang tough sometimes <laughs> because it, ministry is not always easy. There's a, there are those times. So I've just, in fact, I've, before you came this this evening, I was doing my daily uh, broadcast. And I've talked about fifteenth chapter of Acts and controversy <laughs> and how controversy has a way of following the move of God when God's doing something good. You know, there's going to be controversy that's going to follow because the devil doesn't like what you're doing. That's my sermon for the day. <laughs> now, pick it up here, mm-hmm. back with the children's ministry. So you're attending Four Oaks Community Church. You're you're still in college at the time. Pastor Paul approaches you and says, uh, "Scott, I really would like for you to consider becoming what would be called a children's pastor at that time, or a children's leader." Yeah, children's okay. pastor. Had you even thought about that type of thing? Um, well, I had actually, when he called me, I had since been out of uh, college for a few years. Okay. And um, I had been serving with kids and with youth pretty much okay. all my life. Um, you know, I, the reason why I came to FSU was to get my master's in social work because I worked a lot with inner city youth. Okay. And um, so I've always had a passion for kids. And and for you know for students and wanting to see them grow in their their walks with the Lord or come to know Jesus, and uh, so we were my main ministry at that point because um, I was working for the state full time. Is I was uh, leading a Good News Club, okay, and uh, we helped launch one at DeSoto Trail Elementary, and we still got that going on almost twenty years later. Really, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so we we teach kids about the Lord every every week after um, after school now, gets out. Is that is that with CEF? Yep. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so that was that was uh, how I was involved with the church at the time was leading that ministry. Okay, and just through those experiences um, and and really demonstrating, I guess, just faithfulness and in, in that way. Um, that's that's what I guess made me kind of. Uh, I guess become noticed, you right. know, by by the well, leaders well, of the church. But it makes sense because you got you got this mm-hmm. background of things that yep. you're doing, and so Pastor Paul's wife, <laughs> she right. says, "Okay, I'm I got to step out of this. Mm-hmm. I I believe that a Pastor or Brother Scott would be a good fix, good for this." Yep. Okay, so they approach you, and but now did this require you giving up your state job at that time? Oh or, yeah. Okay, so this is going to be a full time thing. Yep. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a pretty significant transition. Uh-huh. Um, I, I I definitely saw my wife and I sought a lot of counsel, uh, really asking others to to speak into our our decisions and and um, you know and, and of course prayed quite a bit right, about it. Right. Is this where God wants us to go? And after after taking a few weeks to consider it, we really. Felt confident that's yeah. where God was leading. Because you're leaving a state job, and, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, I've never had a state job, but I've heard people say, "Well, it isn't always the greatest pay, but the benefits are really good." Yeah, I don't know where that's stable. Okay, yep. So you're leaving that to go to a church. Now, the church evidently probably was doing pretty good at the time, mm-hmm. and so you felt like maybe they'd be able to sustain this. I'm assuming. Am I right? <laughs> yes, um, but at the end of the day, you know. I mean, more than anything, my my confidence was in God's call, right. yeah. and if God's going to call me, He's going to provide. We're going to step out in faith, yeah. absolutely, and <laughs> so, and certainly I wanted to make sure that my family right. could be provided right. for, and the church was very gracious and what now, they wanted to commit. You us. Uh, you said you came to Florida State to get your mm-hmm. master's degree in social work. That's right. right. Now, where, yep. did you, where did you get your bachelor's at? I went to Samford University, Samford in up in Birmingham, Birmingham. Yep. Okay. Now, in the same degree? Uh, psychology. Psychology. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you had not, previous to this, considered the ministry. Well, I wouldn't say that. I would say um, really through um, high school, college, all along, really was feeling this this drawing to to serve in the Lord in some sort of, some sort of uh, full-time vocational way. Uh-huh. But at the same time, like I said before, with uh, with some of the experiences that I had, had particularly in college, uh, my dad ended up leaving full time ministry when I was oh, fifteen. Okay, and um, and so with with that as a part of my story, sure, um, was, sure, was really reticent 
to uh, to commit. Um, but you know, like I said, God was really kind to bring us to a, a good, solid church that we felt uh, was really strongly um, led. Uh-huh. Had a great group of of leaders that were there that would provide stability and and uh, was it was a church that we really felt it was our home and we we wow. felt really loved and cared for. And so it was it was an easy transition for us. And actually, I'd, I'd say. Um, uh, it seems like that's becoming more of a trend recently um, to to raise up leaders from within and then call them sure. to full time service sure. within the church and and if you were to look at scripture that seems to be right. the well, pattern a long if time you're a ago. Big enough church and you're fortunate to have people in your church who have those type of skills. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think it's a great thing. And uh, uh, even uh, in the in the full transition of a senior pastor, a lot of times if a church can have that happen. I think it's the continuation of the church to me would be better. I mean, I don't get I have ever done it, ever experienced it, uh, but I, I would think that would be a good thing because you wouldn't see a extreme change. Because mm-hmm. when you bring leadership in, there's going to be change, yep. and even if you if you change it from within, there's going to be some change that's going to go with that. Too. Yeah. Well, when you think about what is a pastor, it's a shepherd of the flock. Right. It takes a while to get to know the flock. Sure. And so the 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 better that the shepherd already knows the flock, you know, when he's when he's called to serve as a pastor. I mean, so that for me that, that made things a lot easier because I'd already been right. serving with the kids and knew a lot of the families, and so I I can better shepherd them right from the get go rather than it taking a while to get to know the families. Yeah. So now when you took on the role, and I'm assuming your wife was right there with you to help you. Yes. Did you did you make any changes in the beginning, or did you say, okay, this is this I like this program, I like the what she's done, let's just roll with it, or did you say, oh, well, let's change this over here? I was, well, Susan was wonderful; uh-huh. she was absolutely a great director, and so it was easy easy transition. But um, at the same time, you know, because of me being able to work full time, because she was part time, it gave me more opportunities to do more things. Right. So we uh, one of the one of the first things was uh, I reached out to uh, another children's pastor in town who had um, was pretty new to Tallahassee, although he had been in the ministry for I think ten or fifteen years. Uh, Barksdale is his name. He's a he's a pastor over at Wildwood Presbyterian, okay. and reached out to him and said, "Hey, I want to learn from you what this looks like to be a, a children's pastor." And then he he said, "Well, why don't we why don't we partner together?" Huh? And uh, so we've partnered together for Vacation Bible School and uh, summer camp for our elementary kids for the last, what, 11, 12 years. You know, when you talk about partnering together like a Vacation we, Bible School, you we have do it one, together. You have them at the same location? We, we, yeah, Wildwood hosts, okay. and, uh, but we share, we share volunteers, we you know, we, we share everything. Okay, so instead of you having the Vacation Bible School at Four Oaks, you mm-hmm. have it at Wildwood, and you all are a part of it. That's it, right. It's in. Yeah, okay. it's been a great partnership. Yeah. But, but again, that's a whole uh, dynamic about learning to work with other groups, mm-hmm. and that type of thing. And, and uh, boy, that's something as a body of Christ, we really do need to master that, don't we? <laughs> because you, so often you have this, this competitive spirit that, that rises up in the church and it's there and but i think now this is from my perspective and i've been pastoring now for right in 40 years i've seen a change to me it's gotten better in that mm-hmm. aspect as far as churches actually helping one another partnering together it seems to me like it's gotten better now i could just be totally wrong here but this is just from my perspective because one of the things that I believe that, that as we're all seeing is that as we see society change so radically from in my lifetime, I mean, we're seeing things that we would have never dreamed of 20, 30 years ago. So I see the role of the church. We have to step up our game. I mean, we we got a world to reach, and it seems to be drifting in a direction that I'm not always comfortable with. So, I mean, I have you have you seen this? Well, I've certainly been encouraged. In um, it's very easy for us to have turf wars and to sure. uh, to let theology or doctrine keep us from working together. Right. Been really encouraged. Uh, we've got some good partnerships with you know other churches in town, and um, 
it's been it's been really it's been it's been wonderful to to let some of those minor things go mm-hmm. to the side in order to be able to work together and um so we've got uh, one of the things that we that we do is is we provide leadership um training and care for fellow pastors in town and we partner with uh, a few other uh, Wildwood being one of them um St. Peter's mm-hmm. uh church and City Church those are the four kind of main churches and we partner together to provide conferences and um uh you know different trainings right. and care for for pastors and that's that's just that's an example of something that's been really really wonderful to, to be a part of and our lead pastor uh Paul's the one that initiated that and that's been it's been wonderful. Because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about okay, you, 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 uh, City Church Baptist, St. Peter's mm-hmm. Anglican, yep. Anglican, uh, of course Presbyterian, mm-hmm. and then you all. Your background was uh, uh, evangelical, evangelical free. I'm not sure exactly right. where that fits <laughs> in here. Uh, yeah, there is some. There, there's some give and take here and there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to set some things aside. I mean, that's the reason why. I've never chosen to discuss doctrine here on the radio show because I, I don't know how that would work, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've had I've been doing talk radio now for 16 years. I've not had a fight with anybody yet, but I'm afraid if we got into that, there might be. I mean, because th- those would, would be the strong areas that mm-hmm. we that we would disagree on. But I've always looked at it this way: I said, let's let's focus on the things that we do agree on, and then deal with the doctrine. In your own church, as you do your own services, you deal with the doctrine there. We'll focus on things that we can do together that we can all be in agreement on. And for me, from the radio format, that's worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you are doing pretty much the same thing. Would you? Would you think? Yes, and there's certain there's certain uh, certain ways that you can partner mm-hmm. together, and you, you know, it depends on what type of partnership you're talking about as to how specific those those things need to be in agreement. Right. So, but but yeah. you're, you're talking about specifically uh, pastors coming for training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. obviously, if you've got pastors from other denominations coming to your training, you're not you're not focusing on the doctrine so much. We're you're, primarily focusing on care. Yeah. Yeah. Caring right. for caring for people who are serving in full time ministry, and a lot of times you can kind of feel isolated and uh-huh. like you're you're on your own and. And so to be able to come alongside of one another and say, "Hey, let's you know, let's let's talk, let's let's talk, let's pray together. Um, we're all in this together, right? Yeah. And and uh, you're also dealing with some of the psychology that goes in, into this thing. Because for to be a pastor, uh, you have to just be able to deal with all different people. I mean, all kinds of different people who who have all different uh, uh, views of things, and so. You've got to be able to, to roll with all of that. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to help somebody to understand that, that's a, that's a viable tool. And I would imagine that's probably some of what you all are doing in these, these training sessions. So, uh, like I say, pastoring is a, it's a, you have to have been there to understand it. <laughs> that's my perspective of it. It's not always the easiest thing, but it has its rewards. That's been my experience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you have, Transist—that's right, wrong word. You have gone from being a children's pastor to other roles in the church, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them is missions. And what was the other that you said? I see it's in the title here. Yes, yeah, so oversee our our community groups, community groups. Uh, our redemption groups, which is a, a relatively new ministry that we started. And actually, the missions piece. I've been involved with our overseas missions. Okay. Since before I was even on staff, and uh, and then have overseen all of our missionaries, I guess I, about seven seven ish years ago. Well, I know you have a real heart for missions because mm-hmm. we've talked about that before. So, as I say, excited to be with you on a Sunday morning to do uh, what I love to do, and that's radio and talking about the good things of the Lord. And I hope that you will make it a habit to join me every Sunday morning, seven o'clock here on WTSM ninety seven nine. We always try to have some. Good talk, great guest on the show. and uh, But now if you just like gospel music on Saturday nights on uh, Wave 94, that's 94.1, you can tune in to a full hour of Southern Gospel Music. It's called the Saturday Night Gospel Sing with uh, Pastor Jack King. And I just have a great time with that show as well. Love to have you have you join me for that also. And, of course, uh, Monday through Friday on Wave 94, I do the daily broadcast. That's a five-minute teaching of the Word of God.
at 11 o'clock. And so, uh, and of course, there are other places we're on the radio. You can check all that out, radiogospel.us. And also, I'd like to invite you to church. Uh, I pastor Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We start at 1105 on Sunday mornings. We love having visitors. We just say we're a church that just loves people. And uh, love to have you come out. And don't forget my good friends Robin and Jim, AAA Constant Comfort. They do heating and air conditioning, and uh, we always mention them on the show. They've helped us so much over the years, 893-9566. And, of course, uh, Pastor Scott, he's at Four Oaks Community Church. And uh, what's that, 11? No, you have two services on Sunday morning, 9 yep. and what, 11? Yep, you got it. And that's in both locations? But most people will come around 11.05 or 11.10, like your, <laughs> like your time starts. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always a problem. <laughs> you know, I just like it if they get there before I get through preaching. I really do appreciate that. And, you know, that's not always the case. <laughs> uh, you know, to be uh, in a situation where you're about to finish the sermon up and People walk in. You feel, well, you feel like you need to go a little bit longer. <laughs> just to, you know, you don't want them to leave without anything. So anyway, that's that's a whole different topic for another time. It? <laughs> but you, uh, we talked about your your role in, in uh, with children mm-hmm. and, your, and your wife, and, and you did that for several years at the church. And I, I guess pretty much the program that they have, you help put it together to put a lot of the nuts and bolts together. Yeah, and actually, my wife, she. Uh, she, she's still involved. Oh, she's still there. Huh? Yep. So she, um, we have you know two two services, and so we have a, a great director. Uh, her name is Shannon, and then Julia serves alongside of her, and she oversees one of the services. And wow, yeah. So still got the still got the um, my wife involved, and so that's a now, and now at the at Four Oaks, you all. If I understand this correctly, Pastor Paul is—he's the administrator. Is that the correct role? I mean, would he be actually be titled the pastor of the church? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. He's okay. a lead pastor. Okay, lead pastor. Mm-hmm. But then you have other people who do a lot of the preaching on Sunday mornings. Paul primarily does the preaching, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Has, has that changed? Over uh, the- uh, he's yeah, he's preaching about uh, about three, typically about three Sundays a month. Okay. Okay. Yep. Because I've heard the expression used by people from your church, the preaching pastor, uh-huh. and I didn't know, I'd yes. never heard that term before. Because you had other people sometimes who did the actual preaching of the church. That's the way it's it's a it's the way they do it. <laughs> I said that's just the way they do it. Obviously, it works. So I mean, not every church would do it the same way. But as as you have been on the staff, would you say sixteen years? Uh, at the church for 16, 16 years. been on staff about 11 and a half. 11 years. Yeah. So you've taken on different roles mm-hmm. as you've gotten older and more experienced in ministry. And so you, you take on the role of groups. Let's talk about that. What, what, is, what does that do? Yeah, so uh, our heart is for every person in our church to, to, have a, to, to, be, to both to know and to be known okay. um, by others in the church. And and not just to be known, but also to be loved, and that requires a relationship. That does it's it's hard to do that on a Sunday morning, right? And so uh, the way that our church has chosen to organize themselves is that we ask for all of uh, all of the people in our church to be a part of a community group, and uh, those groups have um, typically uh, you know anywhere from from ten to twenty adults uh, along with kids. Okay. And the goal for those groups is really to fulfill three key functions, discipleship, care, and mission. So discipleship happens through spending time in the Word um, and, you know, just doing life together. Uh, care is, you know, praying for one another. Um, you know, we had somebody who, is, who had surgery yesterday, and so I was at the hospital visiting them, so things like that. Uh, and then mission is trying to pray for and reach out to others with the gospel, inviting them to, to be a part of your life and, um, and helping them to see the love of Jesus. You know, Jesus says they'll know you are Christians by, by your love. And so a lot of times evangelism, we think about reaching out to people who don't know Jesus. We think about a lot of times one-on-one, right? But actually when you see it in the scriptures, you see a, a community of people who are doing life together and they're inviting other people to be a part of that and so one of the greatest ways particularly in our culture which is very individualistic 
and people are longing for relationships is to invite them into a community where there, where those authentic relationships are taking place and then they can experience that as well. So, um, yeah, so we have, we have, uh, all of, uh, the goal is to have everyone in our church be a part of a community group. And, uh, like I said, that's people doing life together. Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. A community group? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So we, um, <clears throat> we try to have them, uh, based around, you know, where you live, uh, because even that in and of itself spurs on more community. Right. You know, if you live right. near one another, you're probably going to be going to the same parks, you're going to be going to the same restaurants, and, and you're going to be living near one another so you can, like I said, do more life together. And, uh, and so we try not to have it be an event, but have it be instead people who live near one another, who are relating together uh, around, you know, around the things of God and inviting other people to be part of it. So basically, if, if I understand this correctly, in your groups, you've got, you've got all these different groups in, in a bigger group. So it's it's a it's kind of like a lot of smaller churches that meet together on Sunday as a as a corporate type of service. But those, and I just for lack of another word, I mean, those smaller little churches are very key to what's happening as far as uh, building up the overall church. Absolutely. And such. And yeah, I mean, our hope is you know some people come to you know come to quote unquote big church on Sunday morning, and then they get plugged into a community group. Other people. They start coming to a community coming group, to the community, and then yeah. they start coming on Sunday mornings. So it happens both ways. Uh-huh. Wow! Yep. But now these community groups—they meet in homes. Most of them, yep. Yeah, every once in a while, a, a group might meet elsewhere, but usually it's in a home. And that's what once a week. It depends. I mean, like I said, the the you know the goal for the group is that you are building relationships not just once a week, but throughout the week. Uh-huh. And so even if you're you know, our hope is that they're con- they're all connecting face to face at least once a week, but hopefully, like I said, they're doing life together, and so it might be a few of them go out to dinner one night, or, or uh, you know, they're all connecting and doing a, a play date at a park, or you know, any number of different things. Obviously, we're we're connected via technology right. now, so you can you can text back and forth with prayer requests and letting people know what's going on during the week. So our hope is that our community is being built up not just once a week, but throughout the week as well. Now, now who leads the individual groups? Uh, we have we have qualified. Uh, what I mean qualified is that people who demonstrate character uh, and and a capability to be able to lead those those people are trained um, and and then they're they're basically commissioned to serve as a leader of of that group. So that would be somebody who's maybe in the group, mm-hmm. and then you. Um, yeah. And I, I'm assuming, again, I'm just assuming here. I probably shouldn't, but you've got a group, and you said you you average about ten adults plus the children. It starts getting bigger. Yep. You form another group. The goal is to multiply. Yeah. So the the one of the first things that a leader should do is to look for for one, maybe multiple people that they can pour into, particularly with the goal of helping that person to be raised up to lead. Wow. And um, and to potentially start a new group because you heard the I mean I've heard people call them cell groups yeah and and, and, and the concept is simply that the sales breaking off and going. yeah the goal is to try to multiply and for for new people to be able to experience um, what you experience right and uh, and it's it's hard to have have that deep intimate sort of relationship when the group gets too big. Right, but uh, has this always been a part of the church? It has from the very beginning. They, yep. they developed this concept, and of course, uh, the, a lot of different groups over the years. Is there ever a point to where a group dissolves? Sometimes, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, sometimes it. You know, for a season, it's a great group, and then for whatever reason, uh, maybe the leader has to move away, uh-huh. or um, you know, it kind of sometimes it can become stale, and it might be might be a need for. For starting something new, starting something fresh, and you know, for that season, however long that group's together, it's great. That's a, we thank God for that. But sometimes it doesn't last forever, and that's okay too. <laughs> but uh, having all these leaders—that's an amazing thing to be able to have that many people. How many groups do, do we have now in Forks? Uh, so we have two congregations at our Midtown one. Uh, I think we have uh, thirteen, and then at Kalarn we have twenty twenty-six. That's that's a lot of leadership in, yep. in one group. And, I, and of course, I would imagine that over the years, the, the, the leaderships of those groups have changed, mm-hmm. as, like any other situation would. 
and constantly finding and recruiting people. I guess that's your job. It's uh, hopefully it's not just my job, um, <laughs> but yes, uh, one of the desires that I have is obviously to be able to look for, you know, for people who demonstrate godly character and who have some characteristics right. of leadership, and to say, hey, you know, let me let me let me tap you on the shoulder and let's let's uh, let's explore this together. But usually, our our community group leaders are are the ones that that really ex- first pursue that, and they'll they'll reach out to me and say, hey, uh, you know, this person. Right. And I just had I just had lunch with someone yesterday, who um, who's been discipled by a leader in the group, and um, and and he's been basically tasked with with serving now as the new community group leader. And so I met with him yesterday, and and him just talking about this man who was pouring into him for for several years. You know, he had been become a Christian about seven years ago. And, uh, and, and he just shared how this particular man has just been pouring into him year after year. And now he's being raised up to say, yeah, I want you to lead the group. So, um, you know, I don't, I definitely don't take credit for raising up all the leaders. It's certainly wow. it's the Holy Spirit sure, who does that. Sure. And then, uh, and then we have our community group leaders that are looking for those people that are set aside and, and say, yeah, this person, I think they're. But They're going to be a good person you, to do but that. But you see that, that, that constant mentoring by mm-hmm. the different individuals who are helping to build and raise up these leaders as, as, as such because there's a lot, a lot of responsibility that are, they're taking on to be able to. Yes, to and it's really leaders. important. Uh, you know, um, our, the, the husband and the wife have a real strategic role uh-huh. for our groups. So it's not just the man; it's it's um, the woman too. They both are are called to to care for the. The people in the group, you know, my wife, like I, I lead one of the community groups and she's amazing. She does a lot of stuff with the women that I could definitely not do. <laughs> but, but, but these people so, who are leading these groups, they really are pastors. I mean, they're, they're pastoring these people. Yes. Uh, we, w- we would define them as a deacon uh-huh. in, our, in our church. So a deacon is someone who's called to care for and to minister to the needs of, you know, right. a, a small group of people and and uh and so yeah they're they're fulfilling a really important role yes as uh as see that yep and so but now uh as your role as you stepped into this as the group leader how did that develop for you is this something that you you saw i would like to be involved in this ministry Mm -hmm. or perhaps maybe you just saw there's a need how did that happen for you a little bit of both (laughs) yeah yeah i mean there was definitely a need that that popped up uh our, our current lead pastor uh, he he was the one that was overseeing our groups. Oh, I see. And um, and so when he stepped into that lead role, he he couldn't do he right, couldn't do right, what I right. um, what I'm now currently doing. So I stepped into that role, and um, it's been it's been a great fit. Uh, I I definitely tend to be a little bit more of a of a small group, you know, one on one mentoring <laughs> sort of person. I'm not right. the rah rah cheerleader get in front of everybody type person right. and so it's been a good fit for me to have a lot of those i love people yeah but i don't like really big groups of people so <laughs> so uh small groups is a good but, fit but you have a, a a tremendous heart of compassion because i, I time i've known you this is the things always stood out to me i mm. mean i remember the first time you all came over here and your congregation some of your leaders came to meet some of my leaders you're the one to suggest that we pray mm. well, thanks. <laughs> and I, i'll never forget that because because you know I mean, we were we didn't know what to think about each other because we didn't know nobody knew each other i'd mm-hmm. met joshua and he'd I'd have, I'd have had him come over and gave him a tour of the building that's all i knew and we didn't know anything about you all, or and you all had come, and here's, here's your group and my group, and y'all had the fancy shirts on, and we didn't have any shirt, fancy shirts on. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Pastor Scott said, "Well, can we? Can I pray for everybody?" And I just that was just a tremendous thing. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's what I found out about you, right from the very beginning. This this is this is a man that's got a heart for God, <laughs> wow. and so so I can see you in the role that you're in as far as leading these groups such as this. But you also have a tremendous heart for missions. Now, I'm, a, I'm assuming way too much here, but does this go back to your background as, a, oh, as being, a, being a pastor's Definitely. kid? Because yeah, you mentioned that you used to love having the missionaries come through your home. Mm-hmm. And I can identify with that. That's been a, a used to be, and I, you know, we're in, I'm with the Open Bible Churches, and we are a small organization. We used to have missionaries all the time. But they don't come anymore. I don't know what's happened. They, it's just it's just changed. We we haven't had a missionary in our church. It's been at least five years. But 
whenever they came, they always stayed with us, of course. And my kids loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, just you just get to know people, and, and, they, and they'll share things in the home a lot of times that they won't share out in the uh, – when they come to speak to the congregation. Absolutely. And, and these friendships that you develop. And even for me, as a pastor, uh, getting to know some of our missionaries that I wouldn't have known. Otherwise, I remember this one guy, I don't remember who he was, but he was a missionary, and he he had this car. It was, a, I think, a Mercedes. But he, you know the, the glow plugs on the diesel? You know how the diesels have glow plugs, and you have to, you have to turn it on, you have to wait just a few seconds before you start the car. <laughs> but he wanted me to drive his car around town. <laughs> and he'd always say, don't forget the glow plugs. <laughs> so, so whatever. I, I can't even remember his name now. But, but whenever I think about that particular missionary, I always think, but don't forget the glow plugs. <laughs> but you build those type of relationships with people. And so you did as, as a child. So now, uh, here recently, you just had a conference. Tell us about that. Uh, so we, we, again, going back to, you know, trying to partner with other churches, um, there's a, there's a course called Perspectives on the World Christian Movement. Yeah. It's a 15 week course, uh, which is focused on God's heart for the nations. And, um, it's, it's, uh, it has four perspectives. So it starts out with a biblical perspective, which is to see that from the beginning, plan A, was that God would have a people from every tongue, tribe, and nation bringing honor and glory to Him, and you see that throughout the Old Testament. Not just doesn't just start with the Great Commission in Matthew twenty-eight, but you see it throughout the Scriptures. And so we explore that the first five weeks, and then uh, and then we have the cultural, pers- or excuse me, the uh, the historical perspective. So the the spread of Christianity from you know Jesus to present day and how it spread throughout the the centuries and then the cultural perspective is how to contextualize the gospel to different cultures you know how not to change the message but to um but to make it you know relevant and understandable to different people groups and then the last part is the strategic perspective so what's my role and uh and so we invite different people who are involved with God's heart for the nations to come in and speak every week. So we had 15 different instructors, um, you know, with tons of different stories and experiences and backgrounds and, to be and, able to and, share on the different, these are different lessons. These who, who were, quote, missionaries. Either either missionaries or missions pastors. Yep. Okay. Yep. And they were all, most of them here in the community? No. No. No, actually, uh, about two-thirds of them were from other places besides So you brought them Tallahassee. in just for these people. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and we had about uh, about 30 students um, representing 12 different churches who wanted to grow in their understanding of God. And, uh, you know, at the end, our week 15, we, we really... We really called them and said, hey, you know, now that you have heard this teaching, you know, where is God calling you? And so some of them were were called to uh, to go, really, you know, to go overseas. Wow. So there's um, there's one couple that's current currently um, uh, next month heading to Taiwan. Uh, another couple, another person that's heading actually is heading to Uganda. Uh, another person that's heading to North Africa. Um, in the, and, all in the next three months. And this is all developed since you had the, this just a few months ago, actually. Uh, yeah, the the fifteen week course started in January and finished the beginning of May. And since then, they're already going. They some of them already at a heart, uh, but we're still kind of exploring right. it. And through this process, yeah, yeah. Uh, so wow. some are called <laughs> to go. Um, you know, some are called to welcome internationals. We have a lot of internationals that are even right here in Tallahassee who are. You know, either connected to FSU or just other places, um, and so some of the people are teaching English as a second language, things like that. Um, and then some are called to to pray and to care for missionaries. Um, and so we have a number of people who have who have that call, and and then some are called to send and to mobilize and um, to be a part of. You know, this course is an example as wow. to to invite other people to hear this and to say, hey, what's your role? So it's been uh it was a great experience. We're ready to to do it again. We'll 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 have another 15 week course um starting in January of, you know, next year. Okay, tell the people if if somebody wanted to get in touch with you concerning that, how would they do that? Yeah, probably the easiest thing would be to go to perspectives.org. Okay. 
And, um, and then if you were to, it'll say find a class. And so you can just click on uh, the, the, the you know, Tallahassee, Florida, okay. and you can go that way. Um, you can also go to fouroakschurch.com slash perspectives. Okay. And that actually has audio recordings of all of our speakers um, that anybody can, you know, can listen to any one of those lectures. And so. if somebody wants to just find out more about the mm-hmm. church, fouroakschurch.com, dot dot yep. yep. they, they, can, they can go there and find out the location and how to get there and all that type of thing. Uh, basically, the the main campus is on the um, – what? It's on Shannon Lakes Drive. It's, oh, it's on Shannon Lakes. So I'm, yeah. I was thinking the other, the Parkway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. It's it's in, you have to know where Killarney is. Most people in town, but if you're new, you may not. So basically, you head out Thomasville Road till you get to uh, Cary Forest Parkway. That's what I was trying to think of. Take a right yep. and then cross over Valdeberry, and you, you'll be on the right hand side in a, in a little shopping center there that they've purchased. And and, uh, and of course, the uh, Midtown Church is five twenty six East Eighth Avenue. When I pastored in this building, I had people lost. I think they never did ever find us there. But we're down in the kind of down in the little valley, don't, right off Colonial Drive. If you're heading down Seventh Avenue, the Ronald McDonald House is your landmark. You pass that, take the next right, the first left, and you'll be right there for the uh, Before Oaks Church dot com. Right, that's right. I get that right. <laughs> they, can, they can check that out. Well, I tell you what, you uh, uh, I, I've just seen God. Just take you from a from the parsonage, <laughs> pastor's kid, uh, raise you up in ministry, and uh, you've got a bright future. I think. Now, do you see somewhere down the road that you'd ever be the quote the senior or the head pastor of the church? Um, I don't know. I'm open. I'm open to whatever God calls me to. Okay. I think in my right now in my gifting and and kind of how God's wired me. Uh, I'm I'm very content. Right. With the current role, I enjoy preaching when I have the opportunity. Right. But to uh, to do that on a weekly basis, that would have to be a that would have to be a new thing that God would do in my heart, <laughs> and I'm certainly open to it. Well, maybe God will call you to do it on the radio every day too. So. That's right. <laughs> well, the thing about it is that ministry it is a calling, and something that you said is that you've got to know this God. If God's in it, God will lead. He'll raise you up. He'll He'll, he'll give you the right spot to be. I say it's like this: it's just Follow the cloud, <laughs> and God got to move as God moves. But we always close the broadcast out with prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for Pastor Scott, his wife, and uh, all that you do through him and through the ministry at Four Oaks. And, Lord, I just pray you to continue to bless him. Father God, you show direction, and, Lord, we'll just be faithful to walk in. And, Father, we thank you for our country. We pray for America. And, Father God, we just pray over our city. Lord God, let there be peace throughout the world. Father, that only comes in the name of Jesus is lifted up. And we give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Scott, it's been great to have you on the show. We Thank appreciate you. you coming out and, as I say, talking dreams and visions with me here on the, mm. the uh, Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. Be sure to tune in every Sunday morning, 7 to 8, here on WTSM. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.